Welcome to another ep- <laughs> to another episode of Thoughts of a Trillionaire, and I've been playing Go. Very interesting game, very complex game. But I was interested in it because I've heard that it is so complex. Like there's very simple rules to the point where they've been playing it for thousands of years and never even wrote down the rules. <laughs> Very simple rules, but really complicated behaviors emerge from those rules. Just like I was talking about in the last few episodes in terms of emergence, right? You can have very simple components that create very complicated behaviors. And that's just so fascinating to me. So the rules to go, and I'm sorry if I'm not explaining it well, because I'm just, I literally just started learning like two days ago. Um, so, Okay. Basically, you have a grid, right? Either nine by nine or 13 by 13. The most common one is 19 by 19, something like that. I'm not sure, 13 by 13 or 15 by 15. But anyways, you have a grid. You have either black or white, they call it stones. And you place your stones on the intersections of the grid, all right? Not on the spaces itself, the intersections, okay? The object of the game is to capture the most territory, which is the empty spaces, the empty intersections on the grid. You capture, you can capture a space by surrounding it with your pieces, all right? If you surround the most amount of space, the most amount of intersections with your pieces, you've captured that space and that's it. That's how you count your score, that's how you win. Now, that's pretty much it, right? (laughs) That's pretty much all the official rules I guess the the only other rule you can say is that um, capturing you can capture another opponent's stone by placing down by by basically um, surrounding them right so they have no where they have no what you call liberties which is open spaces open intersections around their piece around their pieces their stones all right. So that's all the official rules, basically. So let me recap. You you don't like move your stones. You just place your stones on intersections. You have basically an infinite amount of stones. You place them on intersections on this grid. Object of the game is to capture the most spaces, the most intersections. If your object, if your um, stone is surrounded by the opponent, or if you surround the opponent's stone, it's captured. All right, that piece, you can take that off the board. Okay, that's basically it. <laughs> However, there are, because there are so, it's so simple, and yet there are so many things that you can do that out of that emerges kind of patterns, right? And I don't want to necessarily call them rules, but they're kind of rules. They're like de facto rules, like unsaid rules. Right, it's not official rules of the game, but it's it's patterns that people have agreed to, you know, heed to 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 make the game more uh, elegant, more interesting. And some of those are as follows. So it'd be better if you just watch videos on this, so you can know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to explain it because it helps me to understand the game more. I only just started learning it. I'm talking about it helps me explain it. It helps me to learn it. Um, and furthermore, it's just it just really. It's so exciting because it really 
kind of proves my point about what I was saying about emergence, right? Of how complicated behaviors can emerge from very simple rules. And the more I understand this, the more I think I'll be able to create my own games with the same idea. That's one of my goals. We'll, 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 get, we'll talk, to that, talk about that later. But anyways, let me see if I can explain this. So as you place your, your stones down, right, each stone has what they call liberties, which is, like I said before, the open spaces, the open intersections around your piece. So by default, of course, every every time you put a stone down, and probably have, you know, like if there's no other stones on board, it has four liberties, north, south, east, east, west, right? Those four intersections. But when you place another piece, so for instance, your piece, next to, adjacent to a piece you already have, a stone that you already have, you increase your liberties, like they share their liberties, their spaces. So north, south, east, you know, west is now shared between those two, between those three, between those four, five, eight, you know, 50 <laughs> stones. Your liberties are shared, but only with adjacent stones, not diagonal ones. They have to be connecting on an intersection, on a line. Okay? And so because of this, right, um, there, there emerges a whole bunch of really interesting behaviors when one you know uh, color tries to tries to surround the other when white tries to surround black for instance you know um, there's different ways you can do it you can go about it um, some interesting kind of things you hear which I'm not even I don't even, <laughs> can't tell you all of them but the ones I was, I've been learning recently is um, things like um, what do you call it Koei I think Koei is Oh, let's take a step back, actually. I think the first major kind of term to know is Atari. So Atari is when your stones are are um, surrounded and you only have one spot. You only have one liberty that you can place your, your own stone at. Like if you don't place your stone there, your, your surrounded stones will be captured. All right. So that's important thing there again it's not like a official rule what well, it is but you know if your stones are, are surrounded it's captured but you call that Atari and it's important because once you start playing Go you realize that it, it becomes a, a a a tool for tension a tool for strategy like you might be having you might have like 10, 15, 20 20, 50 you know whatever stones on the board and one of your stones, or maybe a group of your stones, getting getting into Atari. And so now you have to consider: Should I save that group, right, or should I sacrifice them to continue whatever other strategy I was trying to do? You know, you have similar things in chess where you can sacrifice a piece to do something else. But in, in Atari, I mean, in uh, in Go, when when a group is in Atari, you have to consider, you know, the weight of that right like how important is it is it to save that that stone or those stones all right if it's a large group maybe it's pretty important if it's a small group maybe not but maybe it is because maybe that if you if you you know open up that small if you 
protect that uh, small group, that little stone that's in Atari. Maybe you can connect it with your other pieces and you can all share your liberties. You'll open up your liberties. I'm not even sure if I'm explaining this right, but <laughs> it's just so interesting. And there's, there's other things called eyes, right? So where, say you have a bunch of pieces um, surrounded by the opponent. If, for instance, you have, um, you're near the edge of the board, right? So you have your pieces touching the board. You have three or four open spaces. Four open spaces is the easier one to do. Um, so if you have four open spaces directly in a line, right? Right on the edge of the board. You can create what they call eyes, where you put, you know, one of your pieces in the middle. So you have two liberties. You have two open spaces that an entire group shares. So that no matter what the opponent does, even if they're already, if they, even if they're completely surrounding you, they can't actually capture your group. That group is called alive. It's a term alive because you know when you have those two eyes, those two liberties open. If they try to, they can't capture either one. Because they can't put themselves in the middle because, you know, it'll be suicide. Again, I'm not sure if I'm making any sense with this because if you haven't played Go, you probably don't know what the crap, what, the, <laughs> what I'm talking about, you know. But it's just so fascinating, right? You have eyes, you have false eyes where you try to you know collapse one of theirs that's not one of their eyes that's not really a real eye it's not secure so you want to you know <laughs> close that up you have different opening moves so they have different just like in chess we have you know queen's game and all these other moves whatever you have different opening moves and and go so you have like you know one space um i don't know what the official names for it but you got these one space two space three space you get um knight move which is, you know, similar, actually similar to, you know, how knight moves in chess, but it's not actually moving. It's just placing your piece, you know, one row up and one row and three columns up or something like that, however you want to see it. Um, and depending on how you open up the game depends on, you know, what strategy you're, you're probably going to want to go for, right? So if you want to be more aggressive or more defensive, if you want to, you know, be kind of more safe, you can, you know, work, kind of move, what they call move in diagonals. So you place your piece directly, you know, um, not next to, but across the tile from your, your stone. And so you're always, you always can connect with each other to share your liberties if you need to. But if you don't, you can just quickly get to the other opponent and, and do some damage. Try to take their territory and all that. I don't know. There's just there's just a lot of stuff going on here, and I have I'm not even beginning to scratch the surface <laughs> of how to play. Like I've been playing against level zero freaking bots and and losing every time. <laughs> um, like I I can kind of get in the beginning, but my problem is that when it comes to kind of seeing the liberties, seeing these open spaces where. You know, when things get very busy, it's hard for me to really see, you know, what's going on there. And um, so what I'm learning now, you do these puzzles where 
they 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 show you you know these different patterns to to be aware of and this is what really is is super interesting about go is that there's a there, there comes a point where you don't even have to finish certain moves right so say for instance you surround the opponent's uh stones near a corner or even in the middle of the board or whatever right if you surround the opponent's stones in a certain way there's many different configurations to where it's either that where the surrounded stones, the captured stones, are not really captured yet, right? You have to actually see if they're alive or dead. Alive is usually, usually to make your captured stones alive, like if you're black and you're surrounded by white, you have to form what I said, what I said earlier, two eyes, which means that your entire group of stones or different groups of stones that are surrounded they have they they have two liberties open so that if the opponent tries to capture one you can just capture the other or the opponent can't capture either one rather i think that's actually what a real eye is is that your opponent can't capture can't capture you because it will be suicide it's a legal move to place their piece where they're already surrounded by all the pieces i think that's the rule i miss is that you can't place place your piece you can only place your piece when you have liberties, when you have open intersections. So if you have, you know, if north, south, east, west of an intersection of a of a of a, of a point is is surrounded by black, white cannot pay, put their piece in the middle. They can only do that if they have, you know, their own piece on the north south. Uh, west of an of the adjacent piece where basically what i mean to say is that if you can only place your you, you can't place your piece <laughs> we have no liberties but if by placing your piece there you can open up you can capture their one of their or many of their pieces to open up you know your your liberties your spaces then you can place your piece there because it opens you you, you then turn the game on them you, you you captured all those pieces and then you open up your spaces that's what really be killing me when i be playing is that sometimes it's hard for me to see you know what what will open up my liberties and what won't that's what i'm trying to you know get better with right there um but yeah there's there's so many so many more pieces like you know these infinite i think it's called koi who i was saying before these kind of eternal or infinite um things like there's one you know particular one where say for instance you have uh black at north south and west of this intersection and then you have you know right adjacent to it you have white on north east and west i mean northeast and south of the same kind of you know two intersections so the only way to capture it like you can capture one piece by putting yours in that empty space and it will capture theirs but you can't go back and capture the same thing because it'll be just infinite, right? It'll be just, you're just going back and forth capturing each other's pieces. And so that's called, I think it's called Koei, where you can't repeat that. You have to put your piece somewhere else on the board. And then you can resume that, <laughs> that thing, right? It's basically saying that in order to break out of an infinite kind of loop, you know, you want to place your piece somewhere else so that the overall position of the board changes. And by doing so, you can, you know, have different strategies come in and all that other stuff but there's a whole whole bunch of these not exactly rules but patterns 
that emerge. And so a more elegant game, at least to where I'm understanding it, is that when once you realize your pieces are are alive or dead, you stop there, right? You don't finish trying to capture every single piece in every single intersection because you'll end up, you know, either wait you basically end up wasting pieces, you know, wasting these spaces that are open. And at the end of the game, you just in order to capture in order to count the points you remove all the dead stones which is all the stones that were surrounded and can't really move all right can't do anything and that's how you count your points to see who won uh, usually the the black since black usually go almost black always goes first that's another rule um that's just kind of the same chest too i think but um yeah, black goes first, so they the white usually gets extra points, like 5.5 or 6.5 or something like that, so that, you know, it, it accounts for the fact that, you know, black goes first and can sit and always has the initiative um, because they went first. But anyways, there's there's just so many incredible, incredible patterns and, and just things around Go. I'm definitely going to spend a lot more time, you know, kind of learning and trying to learn how to play well <laughs> um but what i really want to do with especially what this kind of inspires me to think about is how we can how, how can we create you know um virtual reality games or even like you know simple not not simple per se but 3d games right or maybe even 2d games but that 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 uses emergence right that uses simple idea of having very simple rules but very complicated behaviors that emerge from these from the combination of simple rules and and high flexibility of the board i don't know I don't know how we could do that, but it's something I've been thinking about. I mean, some games already do this. Like, that's that's what makes sand sandbox games so amazing and open world games so attractive. Is that you have there's not a whole bunch of rules telling you what to do, what you can't, what you can and can't do, and sandbox and open world games, and so it allows for emergence of really amazing patterns and and whatever, right? But I want to learn how to do that for just better because what we often see is that with things like open world games, right? You have theme parks where <laughs> it might be an open world, but all the attractions are only in the specific areas. So you can't do, like, you can't really have true freedom. You can't really create more, you know, interesting things going on in the world because the world itself in many sandbox and open world games is kind of limited, right? They might be it might be open, but there's no flexibility in what you can do. You know, the the most popular games that really do this right is is Minecraft. I think Roblox too, because you can create anywhere, right? You can create any source of things. You can create your own behaviors and patterns and all that stuff. But in most open world games and most um, survival games, you know, you they kind of tell you do this, do this, do this. Right, it's still linear. Like in a survival game, the whole they try to push you forwards to, you know, survive. <laughs> so you gotta 
eat on a regular basis and because you have to like do things like eat or get water on a extremely short time it, it, it limits you from you know exploring more and usually try, they try to say hey you got to build your base you got to do this you got to do that right and so it, it's inherently limiting in what you can do and once you get to you know certain end game right there's not much you can do because they didn't really think about you know what what does this game look like when it's scaled what what does this game look like you know when there's a lot of players that have played it for a long time and something like go you have different levels of gameplay right so for for many of us beginners right when we're playing we can't really see the pattern so we're just trying to understand how to how to get territory or how to you know surround you know other people's um, stones and stuff like that but once you start really under, understanding the game, like I, I would, I've watched some people on YouTube and they get to a point where they know like how an entire area will play out. So they don't even have to play it out, right? They might place strategic um, uh, stones here and there to, to make sure that that area is alive or dead or whatever, however they're trying to do it. And um, they just move on from there. So it becomes a more elegant type of, type of game um, at higher levels right but you don't really see that in most in most uh, sandbox games or most survival games and stuff like that it just gets grindy right at the at the higher levels where you, you're not really trying to make it more elegant like you're not really playing better per se you just have more items you have more stuff <laughs> right more powerful stuff or whatever so what I want to see is that can we create games where for people who are who are starting to learn the game, it's still enjoyable to learn how to play the game, um, and you can you can have that 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 feeling of oh wow, there's so much to learn here, right? There's so much to do, and then once you once you gain that experience, once you gain you know the the you know just experience in that in that game in that area in that world. You, you can begin to play a different sort of game where it's the same base game, but you're playing it better. Like it feels better to play. And, you know, you don't even want to play with newbies unless you're teaching them because it just feels bad, right? It just feels pointless because <laughs> they're playing a completely different level. And and many MMO games and, and open world games and, you know, other multiplayer type of you know sandbox games and whatever oftentimes the the higher level people would just kill you know the lower level people would just gank them because it it's there's nothing else for them to do it's boring right <laughs> um but uh, how i i think in go at least this is not really sure but i'm pretty sure that most you know well-behaved people you know wouldn't even want to kind of gank a, a, a noob right because it's just it's just no it's not it's no fun in a multiplayer game and multiplayer online game even if it's open world where anybody could do anything and you have you know um it's skill based and not level based so you know even if you have the same level of like even if getting experience doesn't increase your stats so you can't necessarily easily gank you know a newbie they might have, you know, they most likely have gear, gear that gives them all sorts of stats and all that stuff. And so since most of the game was designed such that 
hey, if you have this number of, um, if you have this number of stats, you can kill this num this this beast or this level of player or this level of NPC, right? And so what what I'm really trying to get at here is that for open world games, sandbox games, MMO, MMOs, I think it would be more interesting if we create very simple rules. So instead of saying, um, hey, you have stats, you know, these monsters have some health, some HP, um, and so to beat them, you have to get more HP, more stats, more gear, this, that, and the other. Instead, look at how kind of life is, right? Life is also a similar type of thing where you have a bunch of really simple rules kind of just stacking on top of each other to create more elegant, a more elegant system where if you want to defeat a bear versus, you know, a snake or something like that, or, you know, uh, a snail, <laughs> right? It's a matter of scale. It's a matter of how you combat them. I don't even know what I'm saying here. <laughs> I'm not even sure how this is connecting in my head, but there's some connections here. They're not quite connected yet. I'm still trying to figure it out, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'll just end it here. <laughs> still figuring this stuff out, but as I learn, you know, go, and as I read more and discover more about this idea of emergence, you know, from complicated uh, things, just more lines are connecting in my head about how we might be able to create better systems and better games and better societies by depending less on rules and more on emergence, more on uh, share these, these patterns that emerge from very simple rules that anybody can understand, you know? Easy to learn, hard to master. That's what makes life really interesting. Is that when there's a low barrier to entry, but there's a very high ceiling. You know, that's basically what life is. That's why it makes it so interesting when you're playing the right game for yourself. Because it feels like it was easy to learn this stuff, to get in there. But it was hard, it, it's hard to, to get to the top. But at the same time, it's not impossibly hard, right? It's not like trying to take a, a quantum leap from getting in to getting to the top. It feels like all you got to do is practice, right? <laughs> all you got to do is keep playing, keep keep trying, keep learning, and you'll get there eventually, right? There's a difference between just having super simple rules, but then having a complete gap between you know getting to the next step and something like go you know you could take it one at a time you learn this rule try to get better and better at doing this type of pattern this type of you know play style or whatever learn why you got captured what Atari is what these different things are and you just learn from one to the other like what's this what's this okay now what's this All right that's kind of like with life when you're playing when you when you're gaining a skill or or um, just something that you're interested in. You get in there, you learn what it is. You're like, okay, cool. I find the fundamentals, or at least like how to play, right? How to how to do that thing. 
and then you learn more fundamentals then you say okay this is the fundamentals of you know this this uh, level of skill this type of um, behavior this type of of execution and then you get better and better with it the more you do it the more you'll you'll see the more you'll understand what's going on and then you can look at other people look at people much higher than you or a little bit higher than you um, you know work with people on your same level or just a step you know higher or whatever and you learn from them too you, you can see what they do um, and keep improving versus you know how <laughs> it often seems nowadays in a lot of places in society where you can't even learn Right, because there's so many gatekeepers that say you can't come in here unless you do this, 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 this. Right? Can't get a job unless you get go to college for four, five years. You know, get a thousands of dollars in debt. You know, blah, 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 blah. Right? It just seems it's just the threshold is too high. The rule set is too arbitrary, too, you know, too much. It makes sense for certain areas, um, but for most of the part, like for most careers, most skills, most games, it's just better to have very simple rules and then have a system where you are able to learn more and more behaviors, more and more emergent behaviors of those rules, of those, of the game, of the activity in order to progress. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully my next uh, episode on this topic is more coherent as I learned, you know, the arts of Go and other games and other emergent patterns. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day. See ya. Bye-bye.